on this Saturday morning. Welcome. Appreciate you making us a part of your weekend right here. Congratulations. One of the hardest work weeks is officially in the books. Now, it was nice, right? Short work week, New Year's Day on a Monday. So I don't know about you, but at least for me, every day felt like a day behind, which I love. So Tuesday when we got back to work felt like Monday. Wednesday felt like Tuesday. So all of a sudden you get to Friday. And goes, oh, my God. It's Friday. Tough week, slow week, I'm sure. Knock the cobwebs off, especially if you had off all of last week um, as well. Never easy. Never easy getting back to work after a long, uh, long time off, that's for sure, around the holidays. But we got through it. Congratulations. We have survived. We have made it. All right. And one of our big treats and big rewards for making it through this, one of the toughest weeks of the year, we'll say, is the fact that Monday night, we got the national title game. Number one, Michigan. Number two, Washington. I think this game is going to be decided. Michigan's offense versus Washington's defense. That's the matchup that will will, uh, that will decide the national title game. If you're Michigan, offensively, here's your game plan. Very simple, very easy. Run the ball on first down, run the ball on second down, run the ball on third down. Bing, bang, boom. That's what you got to do. I think you got to pound the rock early. You got to pound the rock often right now against this Washington defense. Two reasons. Number one, that's where Michigan's offense is at their best. They are built to run. They got an offensive line full of road graders that are built to go downhill and blow opponents off the ball. And when they needed to this season, they have relied on the run game to bail them out and win games. Go back earlier in November when the schedule finally turned and they played some tough opponents. How do they beat Penn State? They beat them by running the ball every single play in the second half. Salting away the clock and just beating Penn State down physically. 32 straight runs to ice that game away. A few weeks later, the big one, home against Ohio State. Back and forth game uh, for three quarters. What happens when Ohio State trims the lead in the fourth quarter to seven? What does Michigan do? Run the ball down Ohio State's throat. I believe they got the ball eight minutes left. Took seven minutes off the clock. Drove down. Wore the Buckeyes down. Eventually left them little time to try to make a comeback. We know Ohio State's comeback came up short. Michigan won. But when they needed to try to put the game away, what did they do? Run the ball. That's where they're at their best. Running the ball down the other team's throat. That's what they're built to do. That's what they have to do on Monday night. Not just because that's where their strength is, but also because you got to keep Washington's offense on the sideline. You got to keep that high-powered, potent Washington offense on the sideline. I think that's the only way that Michigan is going to get a stop. Like, if you go to the other side of the ball, it is strength versus strength. Washington offense, Michigan defense. Both, I would argue, the best at what they do. Michigan best defense, Huskies best offense. With that said, even though it is strength on strength, I don't think Michigan's defense is is stopping these receivers. I think Washington's offense is winning this battle. 
And so when you look at why I think that the game is going to come down to Michigan's offense versus Washington's defense, it is going to be how well can Michigan control the line of scrimmage, but also how well can Michigan control the time of possession? Can you get it to 35 minutes? Hell, can you get it to 40 minutes? Because even though their defense all season long has been great, even though statistically it is the best or one of the best defenses in in basically every category, I don't think they're winning that matchup on Monday night. I don't think they're slowing down Michael Penix Jr. Because, yes, they were able to dominate Alabama and really bring questions about the future of Jalen Milrow and, and Alabama's program. But what they did was get after Milrow, sack him, and just throw that passing game completely off. Alabama at the end of the game is one-dimensional, running the ball. But if you're a Michigan, you just can't sit back and think that you're going to get after Michael Penix Jr. and think that you can just sit back in coverage and cover these receivers. Number one, they're too good. They'll beat you. doesn't matter. You want to put two guys on them. They're winning that matchup. And then number two is you give Penix all day to throw, he'll make you pay. And that's where I think if you're a Michigan, you're going to have to really decide here what are we going to do. Are we going to drop seven or are we going to rush seven? And I think if you're Michigan defensively, the best chance you have of slowing down this Huskies offense is by blitzing. I don't think you can drop uh, seven, rush four, and sit back there and and try to throw Penix off his spot. You let him get comfortable back there, he'll pick you apart. You give those receivers extra time to run routes and get open, they're going to get open. That's why I think if you're Michigan, I think you got to blitz. The problem is, though, if you blitz, I don't think they're getting home. Like, we talk a lot about with Washington, Penix, Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, the receivers, the quarterback get a lot of attention. What doesn't get enough attention that absolutely will play a big factor in this game on Monday night is the Huskies' offensive line. They are elite and get nowhere near the credit they should. Penix leads the leads all of college football in passing yards, which means, or you can just do simple math, that means Penix is one of the quarterbacks that throws the ball the most in all of college football. Despite the fact that this is a predominantly passing offense, you know how many times Penix has been sacked this year? Ten times! That is it! Ten times in 14 games. Fourth fewest sacks in all the country. Penix, whether you're blitzing or not, sits back there untouched because that offensive line is elite at pass blocking. For how good Michigan is in the run game and how they're built to run the ball, Washington is built to pass the ball. Not just at quarterback, not just at receiver, but with their offensive line. That's why they are the Joe Moore Award winners this year for having the best offensive line in the country. They are elite, and they are extremely good at keeping Penix upright and not allowing him to get hit or rushed off his spot. So that's why I look at this matchup. I don't see how Michigan defensively is able to slow down the Huskies. You sit back, 
I don't care if you drop eight. I don't care if you drop 11. You're not covering those three receivers, especially with the pinpoint accuracy Penix has, where, I mean, that, that guy can f- hit a keyhole 50 yards down the field. If you give any of these receivers an inch of daylight, he's throwing it in the window. He's firing it in there. So it's dropping back into coverage is not the answer. You're going to have to blitz, I think. And good luck getting home. Good luck getting home. And when you don't get home, good luck giving these receivers or trying to cover these receivers, I should say, one-on-one. So when you look at this game, I think it's coming down to Washington's defense versus Michigan's offense because I think Washington's offense is winning the battle of strength on strength against Michigan's defense. Huskies are winning that. They're going to put up points. They're not going to be stopped. Even if, by the way, I know Dylan Johnson, the Washington running back, is going to play or at least try to play on Monday after leaving last Monday's game with an injury um, to his ankle. Even if they can't establish the run game, that doesn't change my opinion. The Huskies don't need to be balanced on offense in order to win this game and have success on offense. They are predominantly a passing team that the run game came on late, but it's like they need the run game to open up the pass game. They pass the ball. They tell you they're passing the ball, and they have a lot of success doing so. So even if Washington can't run the ball, even if they are one-dimensional on offense and just passing, I I don't see how Michigan's slowing them down. I am concerned about Washington defensively slowing down that Michigan run game. I am concerned. Texas had a lot of ease running the ball in the Sugar Bowl last week. And Michigan, with their physicality, led by Blake Corum, running at least, they're going to get a lot of yards, I think. But this is what I've been saying all season long when it comes to Washington and their defense. They don't get a lot of stops. They, though, get the stop you need. They won't get many, but the one or two clutch stops you need in a game whether it's at the end, in the fourth quarter, maybe even earlier in the third quarter that helps spur you know, spur the win and, and change the tide, they always get the stop. They always find a way to get the biggest stop of the game. And I think they're going to get one stop. All I need is one. They're going to get it. Washington 34, Michigan 27. The Huskies, I think, winning their first national title since 1991. So I'm going Washington here and what is a battle of Big Ten now versus Big Ten future. Where's the big bad SEC? This is the Big Ten world now. Everyone else in college football is just living in it. Welcome to Big Ten dominance. But I think Washington is winning. They are your 2023 national champions. Who do you have winning this game and why? What is the biggest key? What is this game coming down to on Monday night in H-Town? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Social media at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. All right, we're going to do something different here when we do return on Hick at Night. The bosses have gotten mad at me. The predictions from your boy this year They've, let's just say, not, not, not been 100%. They have, some things I've said on this show have turned out to be wrong. 
Well, it's a new year, and the bosses thought, well, let's get someone who knows what they're talking about. So up next, we're going to welcome to the show someone that goes by the name of Prescient Predictor, who, by what I've been told, knows what the hell they're talking about. They're going to give us their thoughts. Very appropriate song coming back. Thank you, Alex. Where's my mind? I thought my mind was on some winners this year. I mean, hell, Hickey's Pickies, we'll we'll do it a little bit later on the show. My record this year, I mean, it's not great. Don't get me wrong. It's like two or three games above 500. But it is 10 times better than what it was last year. I thought we we got a turnaround here. But uh, apparently the bosses disagree. Had a meeting over the holiday break, and they figured new year, time to turn a new page on the show and maybe actually give some... Some right picks here to the audience. Um, I disagree, but what are you going to do? I'm not going to get fired, so we're going to go along with it. So they have hired someone that goes by the name Prescient Predictor, who is now going to be a contributor on the show. Uh, I'm We're talking for the first time, so you are meeting them as as... Right now, as quickly as I'm meeting them, I guess. So this is going to be interesting. Um, it is supposed to be a robot that is elite at, at picking games and knows what the right call is before the game does happen. So let's go out and I guess welcome Prescient Predictor to the to the show. Hello, hello Prescient. I mean, I, that's a weird name. Can I call you Prescient? What? What what are they saying behind my back? Oh, come on, I get some picks. Get some picks right. We had like three weeks in a row. We had some winning weeks, we'll say. God. We gotta have a lot more talks here with the bosses. That that is factually incorrect. Anyway, um, I'm getting now chirped, not just by are you a British robot? Am I getting chirped now by a British robot coming on the show and literally 10 seconds into the show for the first time being on it, trying to make fun of me? Is, is, is that what's happening right now? Going by the nickname PP. I mean, if you want to be called out, sure, go for it. It's, the jokes write themselves. Um, all right. So uh, this is basically a blind date. I was forced by the bosses to have you on the show here. So I don't really know the answer to this. And just for my, not only my sake, the audience's sake, what the, what are your qualifications? How can the audience trust that you actually know what you're talking about? This is my worst nightmare. Alex, remember a few weeks ago, what was it, a, a robot CEO? I think a company hired or created a robot CEO to run the company. I do remember that, yeah. That, I thought right there, that was like the beginning of the end for human civilization. And we are going to be wiped out, not by a meteor, not by global warming. We are going to just kill ourselves, basically, by having robots eventually take over. This is my worst fear. This is my worst fear now coming into fruition 
where apparently now robots are somehow watching games with a robot brain, able to comprehend what they're watching, and now pick pick right games. I mean, I think we are screwed civilization-wise. Come on. You're telling I would... Look, the 49ers would absolutely win a game if they're playing a team full of blind folks that had no arms. I can promise you that. That I could promise you. But here we are taking shots at me, taking shots at those who are blind without limbs. I, I don't know why you're coming in here hot and throwing insults off the right. But if that's the way it's going to be, I mean, two could play that game. And definitely next week, I'll make sure to have some insults ready for you. But all right. Let's just let's get this over with. What is your pick? You're, you're brought here to get picks right on the show, to, to educate the audience, and unlike me, get some get some predictions correct here. National title game, Monday night, Washington, uh, Michigan. Who you got? Thirty-seven twenty-one. There you have. It. Okay. Well, that's enough. Thank you, pressure predictor. Or thank you. Well, I guess we'll talk to you next week. Unfortunately, this seems to be a weekly occurrence. So we'll see if you're right. Thanks for your insight, and I, I guess thanks for for coming on the show and insulting me. I got a shot out out the door. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you to the bosses for for figuring that prescient predictor here was a. A much-needed addition to the show, but he's going Michigan 37, Washington 21. I disagree. So right off the bat, there we go. Guys throwing some some barbs out there. I disagree with him. I think Washington's winning this game. I'm saying 34-27. Their offense is going to not be stopped. They're going to have a lot of success, even though this is one of the best defenses in the country. The game is coming down to can Washington's defense withstand the rushing attack that is going to be run down their throat by Michigan's offense. And I think they will. They're not going to get a lot of stops in this game. I think, though, they'll get one to two stops, which is all they need and all they've been doing all season long. One to two stops each game. They have not gotten a ton. They, though, have been clutch. That is going to be the difference. So, for me, this game is going uh, coming down to can Washington's defense get one stop in order to win this game, I think they will. How about yourself? Who do you think is winning? What is this game coming down to in your mind? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Christian, call from Linden. Hello, Christian. Hey, thanks a lot for having me on. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Now, through the conversation beyond uh, the AI, I have to uh, talk about uh, the Lions game. I hate to change the subject real fast here, but I cannot help but think about the differential score that the AI projected. I can't help but say that uh, the AI is wrong, first off. The AI is completely wrong. you know. And I think of Jared Goff's flops left and right throughout that Lions game. It threw the entire spectrum off, and Jared Goff, pass it, Leo! Oh, baby! Yeah! Oh, 
sinking. And I had to get that out there, man, because I was keeping that in since the game faltered. He flopped it. He had the open pass. I don't know what happened. I wish it were complete. He messed up the entire game. Now, Dan Campbell did what he could, man. He he directed that team the best he could. But it's back to Jared Goff. He passes me! Christian, I'm assuming because you're a Lions fan, you're also a Michigan fan. Is that true? I'm a huge Michigan fan. Oh, let's yeah, go. absolutely. So could we get those same pipes singing a Michigan prediction? Come on, give it to us. Oh, Michigan! Michigan's taking it all the way. Uh, McCartney, Paul, no, he is doing his job. He is he's beyond the next Tom Brady, and people say he's the next wow. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, you know, you, you listen to the interviews. Tom Brady had his heyday, but he started off very weak, and he was. He was pushed to the top, and he was made a victor. McCarthy is the victor. He's not going to piss me off! Nice. By any means. Dude, he is making me happy out there. He is the spirit, the emblem of the Wolverines, and he's doing his job. He's making it. He's paving the way. He's paving a new way, and he is the man. So what are he's we saying score-wise? He's going he's gonna to serve us right. Score prediction. I'm sorry, what? Score prediction. What are we saying? School prediction? Yeah. School prediction? They're going to make it. No, They're going to keep score. on going. Oh, score prediction. Well, 34 to 21. I don't know about the AI prediction. I, mean, I it's, beg it's the point to... difference. The point difference? AI predicted 37-21. You're saying 34-21. It, it, that's the same. Well, uh, no, that, that I'm sorry, I misheard the AI. It, it was a bit robotic, but AI also pisses me off. And I, I will not conform to AI, brother. Do you have any any throat lozenges uh, handy? Oh, I, I was actually hoping you did. Oh, I, I don't. I'm sorry about that, Christian. Hopefully, you can find some, find some close by. Thank you for the call, buddy. That's. Honestly, my throat hurts hearing him sing pisses me off. I mean, that was what? We got it four times, I think, in like two minutes. <laughs> my throat hurts. I mean, that's how I envision how I sound, to be honest, a scratchy, kind of screechy sound if I try to raise my voice. Um, but that that hurt. That that definitely, like, my throat is sore right now just hearing the, the high-pitched screeching. But, hey, Christian's so upset about a, what was a rough Lions game last week. I, I feel your pain there. But... Like, when it comes to Michigan, at least, McCarthy's okay. He's, he's, he's not Tom Brady. I know Christian believes it. Jim Harbaugh said it uh, as well, that he's already the best quarterback in Michigan history. Look, McCarthy's fine. I thought he actually played – maybe I was being too kind. I thought he actually played really well um, against Alabama on, on Monday night. I was very impressed with the fact that the first play of the game should have been a pick. What an awful decision – that he made in terms of just trying to throw it away and it was a lazy throwaway. But yet still, after that first play of the game where you could have went in the tank and you could have been afraid and you could have just been like, oh my God, I made a mistake. I got lucky, even though it didn't count. But like, I got to be careful now. And he could have played extra cautious that hurt Michigan. I give him a lot of credit that for the most part, wasn't asked to win the game with his arm. But fourth quarter, four minutes left, down by seven. That drive was made by McCarthy's arm. A-plus play calling by Michigan. A-plus. But that was 
made by a, a few big throws by JJ. I give him credit there. I think he could do it, and he did. I give him credit. Is he going to be good enough to go toe-to-toe with Michael Penix Jr. on Monday night? No. No. That's why Washington is winning this game. Philly Mack calling from Massachusetts. What up, Philly? Thank you, young man. I I listen to you a lot of times when I'm in transition on the weekend. So on this game, right, I believe you you made some points about 45 minutes ago about Michigan, and then you went into the Washington thing. If you've noticed the last couple of games, the right side of the Washington line, even though it's the same line, they've done really great. Those guys are getting beat up, and I think Michigan's defense is going to expose that, and I think they are going to just pound it with the run game when they have to. They're going to beat down the clock, and it's going to be 31-27. 31-27, Michigan winning. It is. A Can great... I talk about the NFL for a moment? Because like an hour and a half ago, you were talking about the most disappointing team in the NFL. Sure, Philly. What do you want to say? Okay. Philly Mac. I'm an Eagles fan. I'm a Philadelphia fan and everything, even though I grew up in Massachusetts. I'm 61 years old. And this year, when they had a new offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator in Philadelphia, Hurst has not adjusted to that. He hasn't believed in what they're saying, and he's in panic mode. And he's the most disappointing one to me. Kansas City, Mahomes doesn't have the receivers the way he does, and his offensive line has been inconsistent at best. Yeah, no, I agree with with that. Thank you, Philly, for the call. When it comes to Hertz, I agree with the first part. Hertz does not trust his offensive coordinator whatsoever in Brian Johnson. I am I am in total agreement. The team doesn't, Hertz doesn't. I put that more on the OC than I do Hertz. I don't think to me, Jalen like Jalen has been disappointing. He's also been hurt. And I think his secrecy is hurting himself and hurting the team because he's clearly banged up with that knee. Nowhere near as mobile as he can be, yet not saying anything. I mean, I, I get you don't want to don't want to draw attention to it, and if you're not going to have surgery, there's no point in, in belaboring the point every single week talking about a knee injury. But it's obviously impacted him. It's not talked about a lot. It's obviously impacted him. So Philly has been very disappointing. They they have right now are giving no reason to believe that they can make a deep run in the playoffs, especially now the fact they basically lost the division already. So now they're going to have to be on the road for three games. They can get back to the NFC title game. There is no chance they're going to Santa Clara and beating the 49ers. That is for damn sure. But this offseason, there's some soul-searching that needs to be done. I think you have to make coordinator changes on both sides of the ball, and you got to get this team believing again. Because right now, you see the exit of Shane Syke and how much it's impacted the Colts in a positive and how much it's impacted the Eagles in a big-time negative way, but I'm with you, Philly, that the reason numero uno for the Eagles' struggles this season, it has been a lack of trust in the offense coordinator, and that's got to change. That's got to change this offseason big time. Big time. As for your Michigan prediction, I disagree. This Washington offense line, I think it is going to do a good enough job holding up and keeping Penix clean. He's going to be picking apart that defense Again, 30, uh, 34-27, Washington over Michigan. When we return here on the show, three at three time is next, including, I got a lot of fears that are coming out on the show. The robots taking over is one. Another one of my fears came true, not for me, 
But in the news earlier today, actually, one of my big fears that I thought, boy, if this ever happens, we're in trouble. It happened today. And it leaves me asking a lot of questions. If you go into the brain of mine, you'll find a healthy amount of fear. It's like nothing crazy. Fear of drowning, fear of dying, obviously. Fear of being burned alive. Fear of robots taking over. Just, you know, classic fears I think everyone is afraid of. Another fear I had that, I'll be honest, I didn't think was realistic. But nonetheless, still, you know, when your brain goes to some dark places, you're like, oh boy. I'd not be great. You ever get afraid of suck, getting sucked out of an airplane, Alex? Does that ever cross your mind anytime you enter? Uh, the only time it crossed my mind, like, have you ever seen The Incredibles? I have. You know, like the whole thing where, like, no capes. Yes. Yeah, that that it only reminds no me capes. of that. Yeah. Because they got what sucked into the engine. Yeah, that that's what I that every now and then goes through my mind. Sucked into the engine? Just because of the movie. If we were, like, a bird, I get it. You know, how many times have you seen, like, a geese, unfortunately, get... Yeah. Um, I will, I will say, getting sucked into the engine's not been a fear of mine. Partly because I don't know how it's possible. Uh, and I don't want to know if it's possible. Did you see this today from Alaska Airlines? They are flying. It's not a door, but I'm just going to, for lack of a better way to describe it, call it a door. A door mid-flight. Blew off. Blew off the airplane. And somehow, what what I don't understand is, no one got sucked out. A few phones were sucked out, but this plane for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, excuse me, cruising at 16,000 feet in the air, had a part of the cabin. Let's just call it the door for to make it easy. Have a door blow off. And you are, it's just open air. I don't, that is, first of all, a nightmare fuel, number one. Very scary, yeah. Number two, no one thankfully got hurt. This happened a few hours ago. It was leaving, I don't know where it was going, but they had to have an emergency landing in Portland. Thankfully, everyone's okay. And again, outside of, of a few lost phones and maybe a drink or two, nothing else is lost. No one was harmed. But I'm like, if a, it, at least looking at the video, this was like a, a at least a four foot wide, eight or nine foot tall protrusion, like opening. Opening is the right word. Opening. How is no one sucked out? Probably because they're all wearing their seatbelts, no? But like, think about how fast a plane is going. You're going yeah. hundreds of miles an hour. Yeah. In the air. How like how do you just how does that speed like how do you not get sucked out? Like, isn't I, I, there, like, I can't answer that question. I don't want to say rumors, but like, wasn't there always like a thought of like the window, like people getting sucked out of the window? Yeah. Like if the window has a crack in it, like all of a sudden like it breaks and see you later, you're gone. Like a yeah. seatbelt, those seatbelts, first of all, no one ever wears them properly. So they're never actually tight enough <laughs> to where true. if that, if the, if you have an opening and your things are getting sucked out, it's not going to keep you in the seat. But like, shouldn't that just be like, a, do you almost know like where a, the opening was? Like it, was, it looked middle of the cabin. Oh, then middle of the cabin on the left side. Yeah, like it's then, I, like was, a, I was gonna say maybe if it's in the like all the way in the back or all the way near the pilot, uh, like the cockpit. It looks smack dab in the middle. Like there's a video with the light on. Like they are cruising. 
as they're trying, like they are mid-flight when this happens. How is no one sucked out? That's yeah, I'm stumped. Now apparently, it is a 737 Max aircraft. I am unaware. I, I did not know this was a thing until today. Apparently, this is not the first incident that that has been had with this sort of craft. Um, and so I guess this this specific plane apparently was rolled out two months ago, so brand new. And something oh, wow. like this is happening. I don't know. I have not. I don't fly a ton to be honest. Um, and I'm not sure the next time I will be flying. But I don't know if you can look at the type of plane you're boarding when you do book your flight. But I guess, uh, at least according to Twitter, and as you know, Alex, everything on Twitter can be taken 100% blind for the truth. I guess maybe avoid the 730 Max, 737 Max aircraft next time you're flying. Unless you want to be sucked out. <laughs> Thank you for the advice. That because is. I don't know when I'm going to. Uh, I think I'm going on a flight. In the, yeah, some, sometime in the summer, probably. So Make uh, sure it's not a 737. I will make sure. Unless you want a, a true window seat where you can peek <laughs> out and look at greater America. Jeez, that's... We have the uh, window seat and we have the open window yeah. seat. <laughs> Which view do you want? You want a little one-by-one one view? Or do you want a full three-by-nine <laughs> view? You can actually stick your head out and get, you know, no... No vision barriers. Jeez, that's that's wild. Speaking of wild, by the way. So I heard earlier this week here at work, I thought what was the most blasphemous candy take. That was from one Anthony Gallo. Name probably does not ring a bell, but I'm going to put his name out there because this is just so stupid. <laughs> he claimed this week with a straight face that Tootsie Pops are better than Blow Pops. Ooh. Alex, where do you fall on that? Wow, that is... That's a tough one. Well, tough. You, you, oh, you think Volpops are much better? Oh, head and shoulders. Yeah, but like head the, and shoulders. But the gum. Here's what I will. The gum sucks, but the middle, the Tootsie Pop. I guess the Tootsie Roll. I guess is what's in the middle. That sucks. Both middles of the lollipop suck. I uh-huh. will fully agree. You don't look forward to getting to the end. But the journey to that crappy ending is 10 times better with the blow pop. The blow pop is so much more enjoyable. The, the flavors are 10 times better than anything you get with a Tootsie Pop. Like, how would you even describe I, what a Tootsie Pop tastes like? It tastes like the, black. The, I, honestly, it's so, it's so even for me. Even? Yeah, I, I, I like them both what equally. What I, I will living? say, though, I do prefer a Tootsie Roll to a Tootsie Pop. Tootsie Rolls... I said this, I think, during thanks, uh, during Halloween. I think it's one of the most overrated candies. Maybe the most overrated candy. I'd, Still good, though. There's no... T- like, the the taste is not good. Aww. It's not really chocolatey. It's... I, I'm not a fan. I, I'm not a fan of the texture. I'm not a fan of the taste. I think it's honestly just too yeah, old actually, school. That's, I'll, like, I'll more give, tradition. I'll, I'll give the edge to Blow Pop. But but it's it's not the as fact, blasphemous as you would think. The, the fact I was going to say that you are, like, neck and neck... I am shocked. And then I put the, because of course, again, what you got to do, you got to put this out on Twitter as a poll and see what the the Twitter folks say. And what do they say? 56% of people favor the Tootsie Pop. Yes. What world? I hate this world. This is the world we're living in where people view and and like the Tootsie Pop more than the Blow Pop. I don't want to be on this planet. You know what? Put me in the airplane and suck me out of the plane. Then I'm done. 
The Tootsie Pop stinks. There's no taste. The middle for both are terrible. But let me tell you, you see that blow pop, oh, especially the one with like the blue wrapping, a little bit of red there as well. Woo. What I will say though, blow pop's Fire. wrapping is so hard to pull off. Like it's, it's oh on the bottom. Yeah, I would agree. I it, yes. And like it, it's you very, have to like, unwrap the top and rip it off. Exactly. If you get it like perfectly, it's very satisfying. But it doesn't happen all the time. But also, with that said, is it like it's not that difficult? When we were six years old, we were ripping it off. We could figure it out. The Tootsie Pop, yeah. the ease of access is is better. Sure. Does that make it the superior lollipop? No. Yeah, I'll give I'll give the edge to blow, but that doesn't mean I dislike Tootsie. Like wow, I, I am shocked. Yeah, the 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 gum the gum is a big uh, like turnoff. Like it's just not. Do you like the Tootsie middle of the Tootsie Pop? It's better than the middle of the blow pop. I think we're splitting hairs on that one. They both are terrible. I at this point, you just when you get to the end, throw it out, throw the stick out. It's not mm. worth it. Wow. I mean, well, I, well, what's your favorite flavor of blow pop? Red. Well, well there's two. Well, there's two red. Is it? Well, there's cherry and watermelon, or is watermelon green? Uh, I thought green was like cherry, strawberry. No. I don't know what green is. There's some. The, in the break, there are some apple, blow no? pops here. I'll see if I can find the flavors. I watermelon's the best. If that is the red, I'm in. Yes, I agree. You like the green wrapping? That's like a little bit more sour. Uh, that's sour. Sour apple's second for me. I like uh, watermelon's my favorite though. I'll get you an answer in the break for the exact specific flavor. I'll be honest. I just look at the wrapping more than I like yeah, the color a, more than the actual flavor name. Yeah, I'm a big candy like chocolate guy. Like. I can go. I can go on like for hours about this, but yeah. Sheesh. But either way, for you, neck and neck, that is. I am shocked. This this week, my mind has been blown. This week, you're not getting sucked out of an airplane. Apparently, now the Tootsie Roll army is rising up now and making their stake over over the blow pop. I am shocked. Um, finally, here three at three. Have you had? Do you do New Year's resolutions, Alex? Uh, kind of, yeah. Uh, this year, this year, uh, yes. Do you, Do you have any you could share? Or no. Let's oh yeah, I mean, like, I I like to. I I I've been working out more. Uh, okay. Like last year, uh, and the past year, but this year I want to actually like grow muscle because I'm a bit like I'm not that. I'm you are kinda very skinny. skinny. Yeah. Well, you okay. Are very skinny. I I didn't. I. <laughs> you are very lanky. Thanks. You I won't say the F word. I can say like, frail. I won't say frail. You should have seen me like four years ago. What? Yeah. I didn't think you can get any skinnier than you are now. So that is. I want well, to some more muscle. Progress yeah. right there. Okay. So you're going more, more muscle. I am not a resolution guy, but I did steal this last year from Joy Taylor. And I'm going to do it again this year. She has a theme for New Year's. I like that. I like that idea. Going more theme than resolution. My theme this year is going to be organization. So many times I feel like I'm running around with the chicken with the head cut off in terms of not knowing what to do, feeling overwhelmed, doing five tasks at once and completing none of them and kind of like half-assing them all. How many times, by the way, because of my lack of organization, I have been sitting here and I have four hours between the show I produce for JR ends at 10, a, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern and the show that this one starts at 2 a.m. How many, You think four hours is plenty of time. How many times I am scrambling to finish the show at the last minute? Organization is your boy's 2024 New Year's theme. When we return, I want to ask you this question. 
Do you want to see Jim Harbaugh leave Michigan? We'll discuss next.